The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. Had a little bit of uh, you know technical difficulty there early, so we're going to get right into the the meat of the show. I do want to remind everybody this is the 160th running of the Queen's Plate, so the whole show is going to be north of the border, and uh, nobody knows the Queen's Plate better than the guy that's won it four times. He's the ambassador for Woodbine, and that is Sandy Hawley. Our handicapper is going to be uh, John Siskos, who's been up there for 30 years. Uh, so that's what's going to be happening. So uh, we're going to try to get a hold of Sandy as soon as we can. We're going to go up again. The Queen's Plate, it's a million-dollar race at a mile and a quarter. Of course, uh, up there, I do believe they have the synthetic main track. Though the other races we're going to be handicapping are on the green. So uh, we're going to also handicap with John Siskos, the grade one, six furlongs on the turf. You better be tied on. That is the Highlander. And then we're also going to look at the grade two dance smartly. That's a mile and a quarter on the turf. Uh, we're looking at uh, an interesting field. Even three-year-old fillies taking on the older. Uh, there's uh, 175000 up for grabs. And then uh, we've got the uh, grade two King Edward. And that one's a mile on the turf. So uh, John Siskos and I will be tackling that. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to be with Sandy Hawley. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now, a true gentleman of the turf. And when one thinks of racing in Canada, the one jockey that comes to mind is none other than Sandy Hawley, Hall of Fame rider, not only in Canada, but in North America. Sandy, welcome back to the show. John, great to be on the show. Uh, Good to hear your voice again, man. I know, I know. It's I haven't seen you since your wedding. I hope everything you're still uh, you know on your honeymoon. Still married. I appreciate all the photos. They were fantastic, and uh, look forward to seeing you again sometime soon, John. I'm looking forward to it too. Well, uh, as I told everybody, this is the 160th running of the Million Dollar Queen's Plate. I mean, it, it's been run longer than any of the American classics. Uh, for you, uh, not as a jockey, but just as somebody that takes in Canadian racing, uh, what is the meaning of this race and its feeling towards the racing community? Well, you know what? It is called the Queen's Plate, so its uh, its tradition is absolutely amazing. The Queen's been here a number of times. She just loves horses and horse racing, and she's been here to uh, support this race. Uh, this year, we have uh, the Honorable uh, Lieutenant Governor of uh, Ontario, Elizabeth Dodswell, is coming this year. But uh, unfortunately, the Queen, uh, I, I think she came for her last time a couple of years ago, but... Uh, Anyways, it's just the tradition, and uh, the purse isn't too bad either, John. A million-dollar purse, so that's not too bad either. No, no, I, I think the Queen's got an ascot hangover, so, uh, you know, after five <laughs> days of that, she needs to catch her breath, you know. But, uh, you know, Sandy, well, you know uh, she, really, she really does love her horse racing, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, she's bred in the United States uh, quite a bit over the years. Uh, of course, so that's many... Classic stallions are over in Europe now, but now, Sandy, I don't think anybody has won more Queen's Plates than you. You've won four of them. Now, I'm going to go back in time and 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 uh, see what you remember about these races, if you don't mind. In, <laughs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna give me some quizzes. Okay, go ahead. Not a problem. Not a problem. Um, but in in the uh, the first one that you won in 1970, a horse by the name of Elmanair, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, ended up being the three-world champion in Canada that year. But in that race, you beat a legendary Canadian mayor called Fan Falouche. Yeah, Fran Falouche was uh, an absolutely amazing filly. She won a lot of races in a row. And she was the big favorite going into the race. And, you know, luckily we uh, we had the best horse that day uh, in Elmanair. Jerry Levine was the trainer. And uh, it was uh, it was an exciting race, and of course, I had just I think I just lost the bug, or I, I maybe I still had the bug, but uh, yeah, that was 1970 or 1969, I think. And yeah, he he was a really good horse. Well, uh, the following year, uh, you won the Queen's Plate with a horse by the name of Kennedy Road, who went on to become Canada's Horse of the Year. What was he like? Uh, he was absolutely amazing as well, and uh, he, uh, 
he ended up going to California, and he did well in California, too. Bill Shoemaker ended up riding him, won a couple of stakes on him in California. And I became friends with uh, Mr. Shoemaker when I went to California, and I, I went into his bathroom, and all of a sudden I look up on the wall, and here's a picture of Kennedy Road with Bill Shoemaker aboard. I thought, wow, that is so cool, <laughs> because winning the Queen's Plate on him was, uh, was absolutely amazing. He was much the best in the race. He won by three or four lengths, and he was just an amazing horse, one of the best horses I've ever had an opportunity to ride. But I'll tell you what, John, he was a man, the meanest horse I ever rode in post-braid to get him to the darn starting gate. He was, he was tough. <laughs> All right, so those were back-to-back years. Then you took a little bit of a break for three years and came back on L'Angelure, who again went on to become Canada's Horse of the Year. Uh, eventually, I know he ended up standing stud in Ohio. What was L'Angelure like? Well, he was, he was an amazing horse. He, I, you know what? When, when I look at him and I look back, you know, when you're riding them at the time, you don't realize how good of horses they are. But he won the uh, Futurity in Chicago. He won the uh, two-year-old Futurity in Chicago, and that was a tough race to win. And he ended up uh, winning the Queen's Plate. He won by three or four lengths as well. And he went on to be uh, one of the best horses I ever had an opportunity to ride. He was a really, really good horse, owned by uh, Jean-Louis Levesque. Uh, he was uh, trained by Johnny Starr. He was a good one. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, fast forward uh, three more years. A lot of people had to be mad at you after this race, Sandy. Regal Embrace <laughs> beats Overskate and Lizon. Yeah, he was uh, third favorite in that race, and Overskate was the big favorite. And <laughs> we never came close to him again after that, but at least we, we got him in the big one. But I, I remember riding Regal Embrace, and it was amazing because uh, I was at E.P. Taylor's farm probably about 12 years before that looking for a job, and I didn't know anything about horses, so I had to start from the bottom and work my way up. So my first job was at uh, E.P. Taylor's farm. And then 12 years later, here I am in the winner's circle because Mr. E.P. Taylor owned Regal Embrace. And here I am in the winner's circle with uh, Mr. E.P. Taylor. That was just an absolute thrill. That, that, that's fantastic. Now, just for, the, for our audience, just so they know, both Overskate and Lizane, if I'm pronouncing that right, went on to become Canadian came on to become Canadian Horses of the Year. So that was one heck of a field you beat with Regal Embrace there, Sandy. You know what? It was it was just the, the day Mac Benson was the trainer. Regal Embrace always had a little bit of leg problems. He wasn't 100%. Mac Benson had him absolutely perfect that day. And he went wired. He ended up going wire to wire. And Mr. Benson said, you know, if nobody wants to lead, go ahead and take the lead. And it was a mile, it's a mile and a quarter, so that's a long way to go and try and be on the lead the whole way. And he said, if, uh, if you get to the turn, he said, I know overskate's going to be coming. Just try and open up as far as you can when you get to that turn, and hopefully he doesn't catch us. And if it had been a mile and a quarter and one jump, I think he may have had us, John, but we held on just to win by a nose. Oh, that's fantastic. We're talking to two-time Hall of Famer Sandy Hawley, who's kind of a uh, ambassador of racing for Woodbine Entertainment. Uh, I know that uh, now when you when you rode, I'm thinking Woodbine was probably dirt, but the main track's synthetic now, isn't it, Sandy? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's state-of-the-art, and uh, everybody loves it. It's uh, good on horses, and we are one of the 
safest racing facilities in North America. We really have a, an amazing record, and that's on the turf and on the uh, on the uh, uh, the poly track. So it's it's a fantastic surface, and we're actually opening another turf course too. The turf course is actually on the inside of the main track, and it's a seven eighths mile track. And we're cutting the ribbon tomorrow. It's state of the art drainage system. We also have, which is very unique uh, to North America, we have a, a turf track that is a mile and a half wire to wire. Goes on the outside of the main track, so it's a it's a fantastic facility. Well, I, re- I remember seeing the drawings you showed me uh, when you guys had the big tent down at the Phasing Tipton Turf Sale, and I was just in awe, saying, wait a second, you're going to have a track wrapping the track? I mean, people have to see this, and I'm <laughs> sure they could probably go to Woodbine's website for some of the futuristic uh, drawings of what it's all going to look like when it's done, including kind of a uh, a mall and kind of embracing the, com- the community to come to make it to be a place to go not just to watch horse races, but for a lot of different things to do up there. Well, you know what? Mark Cassie uh, has two horses in the Queen's Plate this year. Uh, he's been our trainer of the year, I think, the last four or five years. And he he said, uh, he was uh, saying a few words, yes, uh, I think it was Wednesday at the draw, and he, he said uh, yesterday at the draw, he said that Woodbine has the best training facilities in North America, and I'll tell you what, John, if you come here and you see our training facilities, we have a training track that is a mile long. We have a training track turf course that's a seven-eighth mile turf course as well. So we have lots of different areas you can train your horse, and it is second to none, John. Well, uh, Sandy, I know that uh, you could sit back on your laurels, but you certainly have. I think you've taken your uh, personality and, and, and your reputation on the road, uh, helping out the permanently disabled jockey fund at various functions. I see your photos popping up all over the place, but you're fresh out of one at Santa Anita last week, aren't you? Well, we did, uh, and we raised uh, 200000 and now that's uh, one point two. $1.240,000 we've raised in the last six years for a permanent disabled jockey fund. And you know what? It's, it's a great thing to do. It's for a great cause. Santa Anita, they were fantastic. They couldn't have done more for us. And we, we raised a lot of money for permanent disabled jockeys. But also, John, you get to see some of the riders you haven't seen for a long time. You know, you kind of commits and everything, but... To be there for this great cause, it was absolutely amazing, John. Uh, I had a great time. Well, uh, I happened to be uh, uh, watching TVG. I was uh, taking care of a farm for a friend of mine in Kentucky, and uh, so it was kind of neat watching it. And um, perhaps, uh, unbeknownst to you, they kept doing cutaways uh, to the auction. And also, one of the announcers was saying, well, yeah, they used to call that track Holly Downs. Do you know what track they're talking about? <laughs> Actually, it was Holly, Hollywood Park, and uh, one time I won five races opening day, and the next day in the L.A. Times it said Hollywood Park is now going to be renamed Holly Park, <laughs> <laughs> which, was, which was pretty cool. It was pretty exciting. I love it. And, you know, uh, they did a lot of name dropping, of course. Yours was right near the top. And... Uh, but some some of the I know I know uh, Steve Cawthon was out there and just a, just a handful of legends from the past. Can you tell me I wasn't there? Who else was there? 
you name you name it, and they were there. Of course, Julie Crone was there. She's the only female jockey in the Hall of Fame. Chris McCarron, Pat Day, um, Ken DeSormo came by and was was signing autographs. Uh, Mike Mike Smith was there as well, signing autographs. Um, you know, you, you talk some, talk about some of the old timers. Braulio Baeza was there. Bobby Ussery was there. Um, you name it, and they were there. It was uh, it was so much fun. Don Pierce. Um, I could go on and on. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think in my head who else was there. But uh, as you mentioned, Steve Coffin was there too. Uh, Pat Day, Chris McCarron, Lafitte Tenkai, like you name it, they were all there, Johnny, in in support of PDJF. Wow, I should have asked you who wasn't there. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was it was a fantastic uh, event. It, it it must be great. Now, when you get together with these guys and you rode with what I believe was uh, you know some of the best decades of riding, uh, what's it like? Do you guys? ever share stories about remember that time you cut me off or anything like that we do we do uh i remember uh, don pierce was uh, a great jockey in california and in new york as well and in the in the 60s and 70s it was like uh, if you want to win a big race get don pierce so i hadn't seen don for a long time either and we were chatting and everything and i ended up uh, when he decided to stop riding and he became a trainer he started uh, training horses. I forget what year it was now. It was in the uh, the mid-'80s. But Bill Shoemaker was still riding, and that was Don Pierce's uh, best buddy and Shoemaker's best buddy. They are best friends. And Pierce uh, had an entry, so he put the entry in, and Shoemaker rode the favorite, of course. I rode a bit of a long shot, but I ended up winning Don's first race. So it was kind of kind of cool reminiscing about that. But, wow. oh, yeah, we, we told some stories. We had a lot of laughs. And, like I say, it was for a great cause. And, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned Hall of Fame jockeys. When I was in Kentucky one time, of course, Pat Day was, was there representing. And somebody asked me one time, and I was in Kentucky. I was, uh, forget where I was. I think maybe the Thoroughbred Club. And they said, Sandy, who's the best rider you ever rode against? And I said, well, you know, I've ridden against a lot of great riders, Lafitte Penkai and, and in California. I would have to say probably the great Bill Shoemaker. <laughs> he got mad at me and said, well, what about Pat Day? <laughs> I said, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Pat Day's a great rider, too. <laughs> no, that would be a tough question to answer. But I must say, growing up, and you mentioned a lot of names because I used to see, I was a little kid running around Saratoga, you know, Brawley Obeys and Johnny Rotz. I know. And, and those guys. But I, I must say, the, the one guy whose book I bought that I idolized more than any was none other than Bill Shoemaker. I mean, just an amazing story. When I tell people he was actually incubated in a shoebox in an oven, nobody believes I me. Know. But go back, and, go back and read the book. I'm not making it up. And then I, I know, I know. To, lucky, uh, lucky to be alive. And, and look what he did. He just dominated California, I guess, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. He was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and a class act right up to the end for sure. Uh, I, yeah, I good love point, Johnny. Show. He was not—he's not just a great rider. He was a fun guy. He went to a party. He'd be—he'd be the life of the party. Everybody loved Bill Shoemaker. I got to party with him and Eddie Arcaro one night, if you can believe that, and they drank me wow. under the table. <laughs> wow! I never had an opportunity to meet Mr. Arcaro, but uh, he was—he was, he was un—he was an unbelievable rider. 
Absolutely. And Sandy Hawley, so were you, the winner of four Queen's Plates. You're up there as the ambassador for Woodbine. I wish you nothing but the best. And say hello to your bride, Karu, for me. And uh, I think you're going to have, I know you're going to have a great weekend up there at Woodbine. We're looking forward to it, uh, Karu, as we speak, John. She's going to be driving up uh, tomorrow night just to be here for the Queen's Plate with me. And I'm looking forward to seeing her again. And I'll say hi for you, John. Uh, crew Tochia Holly now. I know. I saw the name on Facebook. So, uh, you know, congratulations. <laughs> you are a blessed man, Mr. Hawley. Uh, thank you, John. I, I am. You know, I've always been lucky my whole life. The guy up above definitely takes care of me. All right. Well, we've been talking with two-time Hall of Famer Sandy Hawley. He's up there as the ambassador for Woodbine. We're going to take a quick little break, and we come back. We're going to be with John Sisko, who knows a lot about the horses that are going to be running on Saturday. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a, a longtime communications director going on, I believe, his 30th year uh, at Woodbine, and that's John Siskos. Uh, you know, he's he, he's been there, he's done that, he's grown with the track, and as Sandy and I were talking about, uh, the, cha- the track is really evolving I- into one of the world's greatest race places. There's no doubt about it. Again, I'm sure uh, John will tell us you can go to their website and take a 
look at the uh, renderings of what the track will look like when everything's said and done, and is absolutely phenomenal. John, welcome to Winning Ponies. Good evening, John. It's a pleasure to be on with you. It's uh, a very, very exciting time of year in Toronto, and um, the plate is one of those those world great races. We appreciate that. It's we're not talking about the you know the Arc de Triomphe here, but it is our race, and there's always a winner, and the winner ends up being a good horse, and it ends up being an interesting race, and he's hailed. She or he, he or she is hailed as a hero or heroine. It's just, it's just so much fun this time of year, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it as um, as a lot of the sporting community is. Uh, John Siskos is with us from Woodbine. John, put this in perspective for our listeners. Now, to Canadians, isn't this the first leg of the Canadian Triple Crowns, much like our Kentucky Derby? Right. I think it's as simple as that, John. I think uh, I think people. Uh, just have to view something like the Queen's Plate as being Canada's Kentucky Derby. Uh, And of course, it's quite simplistic to say that, but that's what it essentially is. It's our big race. Every um, young boy or girl, um, anybody that's in horse racing from a young child always dreams of winning the Queen's Plate. And that's still to this day. Uh, racing has become very international, as we know, and, and uh, young Canadian boys and girls that are in horse racing still want to win the Kentucky Derby. But a real legitimate goal is winning the Queen's Plate. And it's been around for, this is the 160th running. And that's pretty impressive. Like, you know, like that something has been going on for 160 years. And uh, it's going to go on for 160 more. It's just, um, it's just, it's, it's, it is the first jewel of the Triple Crown, of course. Um, the second jewel is out at Fort Erie at uh, the Prince of Wales in late July, and then mid-August, it's um, uh, it's the Breeder Stakes where uh, the third race is on turf. Okay, well, you know, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, reason why you're going to be want to be tuned in uh, to Woodbine on Saturday. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, six stakes races, and four of them are going to be graded. And of those graded races, I believe that we've got three of them on the turf. Yeah, well, we got the, uh, uh, the King Edward, um, which is a long-time sort of uh, the race that's been around Woodbine forever. Mile and eighth race that's, um, that's uh, it's well-regarded, middle-distance race that's, uh, that's regarded. We've got the uh, Dance Smartly which is for older fillies and mares, and it's uh, sort of the kickoff of our, um, you know, sort of summer stakes, turf stakes for fillies and mares series. Good horses have won it. Uh, of course, Dan Smartley is a very, very well-known horse across the world, uh, having been uh, the first Canadian bred to win a Breeders' Cup race and, uh, of course, a Triple Crown winner in Canada. Just a very, very sort of... Um, obvious horse in the in the history of, uh, of Canadian racing. And the third one you mentioned is the Highlander Stakes. That's our uh, turf sprint race. Um, it's an excellent, excellent race every year. High quality field uh, for a good purse. Well, uh, John, I may be dating myself, but I was actually on the finish line watching Dance Smartly win that Breeders' Cup race, and I've got photos to prove it. <laughs> yeah. I was just young in the, in the on the front side in the business uh, during that era, and I just it was a it's a goosebump it was a goosebump era for me, 
And um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm with you, John. I was uh, that was a special. I could still do, I could still do, uh, you know, Tom Durkin's race call of the final seventy yards of that race. It's just how 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 impactful that race was on me in my um, in my in, you know personally, of course, but you know, 1991, I guess. You know, it's it's some 28 years later, and I'm I'm still involved in this game. You know, I'm still involved in this sport. I'm still in. in in, in business in this sport, that's a that's a pretty special thing, and um, and uh, you know, it's horses like that, like the like the Asvestias and the dance dance Smartleys and the um, you know and the and the, and the Pete and that that all sort of um, and again all all Canadian, uh, Triple Crown winners and, and Queen's Plate winners that um, have turned to me into uh, what I am today. Well, yeah, and we are blessed to be, uh, you know, employed in a game that we love. Uh, the other thing about Dance Smartly is her impact on the breed. When you look at that female family, and you will see them if you go to the top end sales, uh, it, it, her entire female family is phenomenal as producers. Mm-hmm. And her daughter went on to win the Queen's Plate. You know, like, I mean, how many, you know, we've had a recent run of, of, of female Queen's Plate winners, but, you know, that was an era. Uh, they were 10 years, maybe 11 years apart. Um, let me think. Was about a decade apart, winning the Queen's Plate. And, I mean, like, that just doesn't happen every day. And, and you're right, the, 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 the family's just rife with producers. Both Dan Smartley's mom produced many winners and, and uh, stakes winners, and, 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 of course, Dan Smartley herself produced many, many stakes winners. Yeah, just just fantastic. Well, just name-dropping around here and showing my age. Well, uh, John, since you've been at the track for a while, I know you found yourself at a w- window making a wager every now and then. When I look at the Queen's Plate this year, uh, we have the current champion, Avis Flatter, who was the uh, champion uh, two-year-old Colt uh, in, in Canada last year. And, uh, you know, sadly, or not, uh, it is a mile and a quarter, drew the outside post. And I'm just wondering, is this race, from a betting perspective, kind of a beat-the-favorite race? Well, I view it this way. I think, I, I, think, I think there's three horses that can really win. And okay. the, the best part, yeah, the best part about that, John, is that that means that, seriously, 10 others can win. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, everybody's going to look at this race and say, oh, geez, you know, these flatters is, is live and Skywire is live and uh, one bad boy is live. Okay, these are, these are obvious horses that people look in the form and say, geez, this horse is live. He's, you know, he's, he's you know, got speed or he's got class or whatever he's got. Then you start looking at the second and third tier of horses, and you think if anybody has upside of those horses, you got your mutual, you've got your your big long shot winner that we all crave. You know, like if somebody tells me Desert Ride, who is the the filly uh, from the rail, is going to win, I'm not going to say no, she can't, because she improved last time and won our Oaks there earlier in the month. Why can't she jump up and make another sort of 8, 10, 12-point leap on buyer scale and run a, run a high 90s race? And, um, 
and 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 win the Queen's Plate. Now, now, so but you know, that that to me that to me is uh, you know somebody's own handicapping. I'm going to try and stick with a horse of one of those top three favorites, but um, I mean it's going to do huge handle because it's a wide open race, and uh, people are going to try and beat the top three um, because they've got. Um, because uh, because there's there's horses with upside in there. Well, I have three horses checked off. Uh, shall I say under or you know showing potential to beat Avi's Flatter? They'll probably make it on my ticket. You already mentioned one, a Desert Ride. I'm a huge fan of Neil Howard. He started his career at the racetrack I was working at at the time, little old track by the name of River Downs in Cincinnati, and since then has gone on to become a stupendous trainer. And she's got that really nice. Uh, grinding out running style where it looks like might not have a problem with the mile and a quarter another one i'm looking at and you mentioned this one was one bad boy and if you look at this horse's career speed wise it it, it uh gotten better and better and better every race so uh is the mile and a quarter question yes it is Interesting that Richard Baltus is taking the blinkers off. Uh, Flavian Pratt coming in to ride first race in Canada for this Ontario bread. And the third I'll mention, John, is Skywire. Of course, Mark Cassie already having a fantastic year. But another horse that looks like, you know, getting uh, a little more distance is not going to be without its range. And with the... Enrico Da Silva in the saddle. I mean, when I look at the results for Woodbine, this guy has just been on fire for a decade. Hmm. Yeah, the three the three horses do look live. I uh, starting with one bad boy, John. You know, uh, the the, uh, the 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 Baltus camp wasn't there yet, but there were some um, people that were affiliated with the owner there and they went up on stage to talk about one bad boy and um to pick their post position because um if you recall uh that we are still the track that uh the trainers and owners can pick their post position it's the old kentucky derby style of uh of picking posts well we adopted it the same year that they did but we've kept it up so they went up to the stage and they talked about, um, and, and, and Robert Geller, our, our race announcer, talks about, um, you know, how's the horse doing? And she went on to say that they've been pointing for the Queen's Plate for, quote, a long time. So here's a horse in Southern California, and, and of course, last time at Golden Gate, that you'd think, wait a second, what the heck do they know about it? about the Queen's Plate. I appreciate all Ontario breads and Canadian breads are pointing to the Queen's Plate, but, you know, and this horse has got a nice career, about to have a nice career in California, and they've been pointing for the Queen's Plate for a long time. I'm thinking, God, you know, so if you, if you start to look at it through that lens, they've got the mile and a quarter in mind. They pick up a guy who everybody's heard of now, Flavian Pratt, and... Um, I think he's very, very live, and um, he's, he's, he certainly has to be in your exotics. There's no question about that. Well, again, this we're talking about the Queen's Plate, that one of the uh, humongous races on the Canadian uh, landscape of racing. Period, uh, but certainly the, the headliner 
uh, for Saturday's race card, which we should probably get to while we still got some time. Uh, let's go. Uh, we'll st- we'll go in reverse and go with the, the Highlander. Very unique distance. Uh, six furlongs on the turf. Quite frankly, I really like that. Now, um, your odds maker made uh, Caribou Club the favorite, uh, but this horse has been running longer, and I just wonder, is there enough speed up front to soften it up so this horse can make its big stretch run late? Again, the, the morning line favorite, and uh, it looks like your uh, Connaught Cup will probably affect the outcome of this race too, potentially. Yeah, you know, like he's 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 a, a likable horse. I don't think there's any question about it. But I'm playing against him. Yeah, I'm looking at White Flag. Like, I like I love the way that White Flag runs his his um, his his sprint races. You know, it, it looks like they've tried a couple of times at the mile, and 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 the bigger mo- money is at those mile races. But give me some of him at three quarters of a mile. Um, and I'm a I've always been a Christophe Clement fan. And he's a Woodbine fan, Clement, and he always sends horses ready for the turf races. So if, um, you know, and he's got that, you know, clear tactical speed. Any horse player reading the form can see that. But I think the differentiator here, if we can somehow get 5-2, to 3-1 to one on him, is that he, is, um, that, he's, that he likes three-quarters of a mile. Specifically, he likes that distance, and 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 if you're looking at a, a horse that might be vulnerable, a horse like a Caribou Club, and he ends up being you know six, seven, eight to five, then uh, give me uh, give me the alternative at uh, at five to two, and and uh, I'll take my chances. I'll tell you what, you must have a camera installed in my studio here because White Fig is the horse that I've got my check mark by uh, for all the reasons uh, you mentioned. Mostly uh, the fact that you know you can measure every horse's best distance with a yardstick, and this horse loves six furlongs, six starts, three wins, a second, a third for over $200,000. That's the Highlander Stakes. It's going to be the ninth race. Uh, on on the Woodbine card. Uh, Let's uh, go in reverse again to the course, the race named after the horse we talked about earlier, uh, Dance Smartly. Mile and a quarter on the turf. This is a test not too many uh, get to take during their career. Uh, You know, I I like, I really like a horse in here, John. It's, uh, it's, uh, the the weather on Saturdays, it looks like it's going to be very warm. And I think the, the turf course is going to be firm. So that said, uh, I think it's a high-quality field. Uh, so give me Holy Helena um, in there. I, I really like her on firm turf. She seems to, th- seems, seems to thrive over it. But I did a lot of that, um, watched a lot of that uh, New York card there on the, uh, on the 7th. And um, that, was a, that was a very tough field. Amarique is an all-time, all-season type of horse. And the kind of trouble that Holy Helena got in that race, she, was, she would have been right there if she got in a cleaner trip. So group two there, group two here. Uh, there's no Amariques in this field. So I think we're going to land on her and hopefully get something like eight, um, seven, eight to five on her. Um, and, and, um, and, and, you know, and she won, remember, she's a Queen's Plate winner. She won on this very day. Uh, two years ago, pardon me, three, uh, let's see, uh, th- two years ago. And, uh, I think, I think she's live at the, uh, despite short odds, I think she's live. 
I'm John Englehart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, with all this good racing, big pools, pull down your easy win sheets from winningponies.com. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.